0: Boag World is brought to you by headscape.co.uk and Shopify.com, a designer friendly e commerce solution. For information, go to Shopify.com forward slash Boag On this week's show, Jim Coodle shares his thoughts on monetizing creativity. I talk about questioning clients, and Paul gets excited about eye candy. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? Hi, Paul. How are you?
1: Hello, Paul. Hi, Paul. Hi, Paul, Hi Paul and Marcus. Hello and welcome to the first ever BoeingWorld.com podcast. Boag World! Hello and welcome to the 100th episode of Hello and welcome to the 165th episode of BoagWorld.com, the podcast for all those involved in designing, developing and running websites on a daily basis. My name is Paul Boag. And my name is Marcus Lillington. And our mystery developer of the day is... Me, Dave
2: McDermott. Mm-hmm. Morning, guys. Hello, Dave. That was a very forceful I'm here, kind of start. Well, I wasn't quite sure how to introduce myself, but... I uh, had
0: Whispering Craig last week, didn't we? We did. Whispering Craig. Whispering <laughs> <laughs> Craig. Let's call him that from now on.
2: Uh, whispering Craig. It
0: could catch it's, on. <laughs> it's so
1: cool having one one uh, developer named Craig and another one called Dave. Because you end up with... Crave. Well, that was what I was going to say. <laughs> Craig David. Was Craig David, yes. Craig I David. I
2: that is the other one. Yes. I quite like being a mystery guest, though. That's quite exciting. I know. How cool is that? I wasn't expecting that. I was totally came out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, I'm full of things that come out of nowhere. <laughs> well, anyway,
1: let's this. move on. Yeah, so um, I, I, I'm feeling menaced. What? I'm menaced. menaced. I am. I'm receiving menacing phone calls right. where people call the Boag World Show Skype account or the telephone number that's on the
0: website and there's silence. They don't say anything.
2: A menacing silence.
0: A menacing it's silence. It's not a menacing silence, it? They're happily chattering away at the other end, not knowing their mic's turned on. <laughs> That's <laughs> all it is. <laughs> I prefer to think I've got some kind
1: of stalker, because that would be really cool. I put out all my personal information waiting for somebody to stalk me, and nobody has yet. It's very disappointing. That is a shame. I could be very cruel at this point, <laughs> but I won't. <laughs> Why? That's very original of I me, mean, not to be cruel. Yeah, so just a kind of message to those of you that are trying to leave messages on um, the Boag World Show um, Skype account. Because you can. Did you know that? That's very
2: exciting. Have you ever done that, Marcus?
1: I don't suppose no, you need no. to as you're actually on the show. I, I'm here. Dave, I can talk a lot. you have never left us a message. Why I is that?
2: I do not I never thought so. He well, he's he always sit in the, next the room, room next to me, <laughs> so he can just <laughs> yeah. walk down yeah. the corridor. Uh,
1: no, I prefer to keep the distance. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> yes. You like the technological approach though, don't
1: you? Yeah, you? exactly. It's like you guys
2: IM me all the, all the time when I'm only in the other room. How lazy is that? That's true. But some people like that, some people don't. For example, Charlie doesn't like it if I IM him from two rooms away. He'd prefer a postcard, or, you know... A postcard! <laughs> <laughs> that's true, we were talking about it the other day, and he really doesn't like it. A handwritten he it. letter. He prefers a handwritten... I haven't got round to it yet, but I, I think some way my to-dos, I should take him off and write a little note
0: and I think that's a little bit. You, you, you're doing to Charlie what we do to Chris. You're using his name in vain. Yeah. You know he won't listen to this. <laughs> yeah, so you say whatever you want, man. Yeah.
1: But do you know that's really interesting, because who is it we're having this conversation with? Uh. Oh, I I need to not say who we were having the conversation with. But very interesting about the whole idea of um, the 37 signals model because they, they, oh, yes. they all oh, work nice. together in, or a lot of them work together in office but they don't talk to one another and they really? actually believe that you should if you want to um, do something you send an IM oh no you put it in the chat room in that's chat it. room yeah, yeah of, course. of course of course being 37 signals campfire. got going yeah. campfire <laughs> because then people can look at it at their leisure rather than being interrupted but you think well what's the point of being in an office then yeah. the great that's thing about pointless. being in an office is that you can interact and bounce back and forwards
0: Mm-hmm. And it may get in the, in the way a little bit of productivity. But people, human beings, most human beings need to... What are you saying about take, the people at 37 no, signals? No, 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 I'm saying that some people do like to just get their head down and go... And just carry on and, you know, stop. Oh, it's 12 o'clock, I'll stop for lunch. And then on it at one and then stop and then forget about it. But most of us are more of a sort of persuasion of work half and half an hour and then sort of diddle around for 10 minutes and that yeah, yeah. 10 minute time is time to chat and...
1: and I think that that
0: aids a creative environment I couldn't agree it's more it's
1: like what do we do with um, the, the, the charity website that we're, we're building at the moment we, we all sat down in the room and talked about it for a day and it was mm. one
2: of the most constructive days I think we've, I've ever spent
0: yeah very good it's time. one
2: of most valuable things to do like if you've got a problem If you're working at home I find it's quite difficult Because all I want to do Is just mutter And hope that someone Will listen in on what I'm saying Yeah And so you don't really Feel like it's worthy You about talk MSA. to yourself When you work at home I don't But I I do I oh, talk you to myself <laughs> All the time <laughs> sometimes you'll say something you're just waiting for someone to say you shouldn't do it like that <laughs> <laughs> you know that's a bad, re- bad thing to do yeah, <laughs> yeah this is very
0: true anyway, voices in your head th- that,
2: <laughs>
1: that was all a massive tangent just to say that if you do send in you know if you're going to ask a question or give a review or whatever else um, using the phone number that's on the website or the Boag World show Skype address please check your mic first make, well I suppose you don't have to with the phone but with, the, mm. with Skype make sure your mic is working there's a service called Echo echo123 so you just call echo123 and Skype and you can check that it's working
0: fine shall we move on to the news I've just got to one more oh you got a piece of housekeeping no
3: well, Ooh, if, I, if I
0: sneeze, it's because I've got hay fever. Or swine flu. Or swine flu. No, it's hay fever. It started yesterday. I was driving along merrily in the sunshine. what do you need summer, to tell summer? everybody this? Because I might sneeze and people might be concerned. That you've got swine flu? Yeah, and it's but just hay fever. That's okay. They're the safe ones. We One day... On, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're going to be fine. It's us. It's going to a of And on the subject of
1: Marcus's mucus, list us on to the news.
4: Budwell.com <laughs>
1: Okay, let's do the news then, and we start off with a story about engagement. There's what? a lot of talk about engagement at the moment. I see a lot of clients keep saying, um, looking for, for advice on how to engage with their users. I think it's the new buzzword. It's replacing Web 2.0. Okay. We've all got to engage. Right think we do that all the time. It's anyway. called talking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, to be honest, to some degree, I think rightly so that yeah. it's a buzzword. It's quite important, isn't it? Really. Um, it means uh, more than Web 2.0. That it does. Really yes. Um, and engaging with your users is important for a number of reasons, including but not limited to. Says my show notes. <laughs> um, uh, good engagement encourages law team repeat business and encourages users to promote you and your services. And it informs your products and services that, you know, if you're listening to your to your user base and, and what they've got to say about your products, then um, hopefully it'll improve them, which is good. Um, but there's a, although there seems to be this kind of general awareness of the importance of engagement, few seem to know how to do it effectively. Um, and I keep coming across website owners that, that are wanting to throw technology at their sites pardon me what was that? <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think was it my was... iPhone yeah all mine farting. <laughs> very bizarre um, yeah so, so yeah throwing technology at their sites that's what I was talking about so you know people launch forums add comments sign up for Twitter that kind of stuff but at the end of the day I guess you know it's one thing you know coming up with technology but actually humans are more interested in what you say rather than the medium through which you say it so technology, I guess, in some ways is is secondary. And a, a good example of that are blogs, really. Um, just because you um, enable comments on your blog doesn't mean that anyone's actually going to post any comments. Um, and it, it actually comes up, I'm actually getting somewhere here. There is a news story in here somewhere. Um, and it's a post that's come from ProBlogger, which is a really good website, by the way. You might want to check it out. Um, If you write for the web at any stage and it encourages comments. Um, It's an article about encouraging comments and the need to ask questions. And it starts by providing 10 reasons why questions are good, but then goes on to share 12 tips about asking them. I see why you like this site. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Because it's got 10 and 12. 10s and 12s. 10s and 12s. It's a fact that's a lot of content, isn't it? Mm. although there was one recently there was one list that did overwhelm me which was something like 101 cool WordPress plugins and it was just too much
2: those ones are just silly you get to about 30 you think yeah all the others are going to be the same aren't they <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's only there's so only so many, many things, different WordPress themes out there well actually in interestingly they
1: did group them in like you know kind of this uh, type of plugin modern this, ones yeah.
2: yeah. arsy ones <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway yes yeah. so, so, on a tangent there oh
2: that's
1: a surprise
0: <laughs> um I'm going to be a, a WordPress user fairly soon. Are you? I'm going to be annoying all of you and say, how do I do this? Can I Why? get my, da, da, da. Why are you using WordPress? Uh, the new band site. Oh, it's going to be built on WordPress, is yeah. it? That's exciting. What, with your lovely design that Anna's so complimentary about? I've changed it, and she likes it now. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> she just she's just humouring you I don't think so I so, don't think she does humouring so,
1: so Anna who helps produce this show um, is, is doing a bit of freelance work for Marcus's band website mm. what are you going to blog on on your website we, we went
0: to a pub and there were five people there and we played um, wait and see you, in other words I've no clue it, it won't be regular Let's put it that way <laughs> but, but, but when it is hopefully there'll be some gems in there My it's mate quality, my, my, quality my, my Phil quality. is a very funny man So yeah. it'd be worth, worth uh, reading what he has to say Although you, usually to, quite. you and your mate Phil ought to do a band we- uh, p- uh, podcast
2: mm, Maybe A bandcast A bandcast Maybe not but well, of course you're going to be engaging with your audience and with your fan base he's <laughs> yeah. the blog, aren't you, <laughs> brilliantly
1: brought back to the subject <laughs>
2: it's all See, relevant listen, this guy's a pro we need him back on he's, he's just brought that full it.
1: circle so anyway we were talking weren't we about um, asking questions and engaging real users somewhere and um, some of the suggestions in this pro blog article are really useful. Um, the one that I particularly liked is how you can, at the end of one blog post, you can ask a question, you know, I don't know, whatever. Um, and that actually you can take those answers and turn it into a whole nother blog post, which is reusing content mm. and other people's ideas, <laughs> which I'm a great <laughs> fan of when you think of your own ideas when you can use other people's. Um, so it's worth a read. Um, and I suggest you do that. Anyway, let's move on to the next next poster today I don't normally highlight web design sites but this one caught my eye and so I wanted to give it a mention it's called the do's and don'ts of modern web design and the site is essentially a directory of web design posts Um, and what it does is it, it takes an article and then it boils it down to a kind of single concise tip that's either assigned to a do column or a don't column So um, it's a different way of approaching kind of the the content that's out there on the web about web design. Um, And you can either read the entire post or you can rate that particular tip as a good one or a bad one. on I think it's a a five-star rating. Now, I have to confess, as somebody that spends hours crafting beautiful pieces of prose on my blog, (laughs) as I do, um, the idea of somebody boiling that entire thing down to one point. I find somewhat disturbing, to say the least. However, on the other hand, as a user, um, it's very convenient. And I like the idea of getting short, condensed snippets of information. We're all just so busy these days. What would happen,
0: though, Paul, if somebody boiled down one of your articles and there was nothing left?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't possibly happen. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, I mean, a lot of the time, bloggers just take forever to come to the point, don't they? Not me, obviously, other bloggers. And right. so I like, I like the idea of it being kind of condensed down. So check out that website, the do's and don'ts of modern web design. There'll be a link, obviously, in the show notes at barrowingworld.com forward slash podcast forward slash 165. Okay, next story up. Not really much to say on that one, is there, really, that previous one? No. Good site. Check it out. Yeah. Interesting. It's, for, it's good for lazy people. That want it all handed to them. It reminds me there used to be a site called was it CSS Tips, which was really short little CSS snippets or perhaps it it was CSS right. snippets even. It I don't it. know. I can't remember. Anyway, um, right. Anyway, so next up, the Web Design Wall has released a post this week entitled "Maximize the Use of Hover." And if you're a designer, this one is definitely worth a read. I'm a huge fan of using hover in my design work. Um, and this is primarily because it makes additional information available without cluttering up the user interface. It kind of keeps things nice and simple and prevents um, users becoming overwhelmed with too many options and too much to take in. Um, so the post kind of puts it a little bit more flowery than I've just described it there. And, and it provides four reasons to make greater use of the hover feature. And these reasons including using hover to beautify your layout, Using hover to minimise clutter. And these are only three reasons. Why have I got three reasons that I said before? And using hover to display additional information. We're nothing if not professional here. Um, I obviously can't do basic <laughs> <arithmetic>. <laughs> Each point is supported by some great examples of hover in action. Um, the post also ends with some uh, useful links um, to hover tutorials to get you started. Um, I mean, because you can do hover in different ways. You can do it... I mean, there's one that they provide, which is a CSS-only tutorial. And there's another one that uses jQuery. We tend to use jQuery when we do... We are a big fan of jQuery. It's quite cool. We do overuse jQuery. (laughs) Um, uh, But it's very cool, and we like it. Uh, Because I think it it tends to create more
2: attractive hovers that fade in and fade out and do cool stuff. true. Although, I'm going to slightly object to this one. Because... Something that occurred to me the other day was that... You're not, users, you can't just come no, on and I'm, I'm going to come, in, come in and object because... No, I think I have a valid point here. Okay. That I think hover, hover is very cool, but it assumes the use of a mouse. And increasingly, I do a lot of web browsing on my iPhone. You know, you're out and about, or you're watching TV, or you're in the office. Uh, Firefox locks up, I think, well, I'll get out the old iPhone. Because, you know, it's pretty quick at booting up Safari and start browsing. Yeah, yeah. And you suddenly get to the point where you, something requires a hover. Or there's some information which is hidden behind a hover. And all of a sudden you think, well, how do I hover with my finger? Very good point. point. It is a good it, point. It's an accessibility... And it hover is beautiful because it's great when you, you've got a mouse and you want to know... You want some sort of interaction. You know the page is still responding and so you hover over a link and you know the over of the link. Yeah. But if you haven't got that, then, you know... Yeah. Or if you're using a screen reader. Yeah. I mean, if you, for example, if you have like an FAQ and you assume that as you hover over it, it suddenly displays. Well, it's great because the iPhone's got JavaScript. So it hides them all. But then you sort of... You can't hover. So you can't see any of them. Mm. So it but, needs
1: to be used sparingly. But that's that's where... Um, there's a couple of points on that, and this article doesn't take that into account. It's one is that it should be you know kind of secondary information, supporting information that's not
0: vital. Yeah. Or you Otherwise, get you're to going in back format. To hiding navigation in boxes. Yes, exactly. What was that called? Call
1: and it? also, I mean, it, that'd be interesting from a using jQuery. You've got the option to you could assign keyboard shortcuts to it, or you could have it okay. available yeah. on click or whatever else. Can't do that with CSS, can you really? Not yet, no. So that's quite interesting. Interesting. So mm-hmm. we are obviously very wise using jQuery. Mm-hmm. And
4: obviously.
1: I'm sure we always make it accessible when we do it, don't
2: we, Dave? Absolutely. Thank we, you. We are very keen on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's accessible. Yeah, we know we're normally pretty good. We
1: don't... Yeah. Now I'm trying to think of... I See, I use hover... Use Are you just on hover your right hand nav thing, yeah, baby, which really
2: pisses off some people. But I really mm. like it, and it's my site so screw everything. It's else. very cool for aesthetics, but if you actually want to read the information, then it's less useful. <laughs> but I do quite kind of enjoy. It's very it. harsh, harsh,
1: but creepy. actually true. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I like it.
0: I like it. Too. It's just a whizzy thing. I know. And there's all this. Oh, it makes it great. No, it doesn't
1: it does no <laughs> see you're just totally underbiting no I'm going to there, there are some distinct advantages here the, the main advantages be oh,
0: makes it pretty it reduces no clutter. <laughs> yeah.
1: it's, the, it's the reducing clutter one that I really care about but you could do that on click it doesn't necessarily need
2: to be on hover and actually the more I think about it the more we tend to do it on click rather than on hover sure it's true it suddenly occurs to me that um, there may be four points here on our show notes but the fourth one might be hidden as an additional <laughs> after the third one and suddenly you print it out, there you go, Classic
0: on. Yeah. <laughs> Here we have an uh, inaccessible print up, up
1: <laughs> Okay, okay. Right, so basically, guys, don't bother checking out that article because it is a waste of time. <laughs> no, actually, Dave, you, you raised some really good points there. Right, I want to conclude this week um, with what I think is one of the best articles I've read in a long time. And it's called In Defence of Eye Candy. And it's a list-apart article that is a well-constructed argument about the importance of aesthetics.
0: This moves on nicely from the previous post. It does.
1: It does. No, it doesn't really. But it's really good because if you think about it, right, it's very – we talk about the importance of usability a lot. We talk about the importance of accessibility a lot. And Mm -hmm. those are kind of design-related. But we don't talk about the eye candy stuff very much and that actually that is hugely important. Um, And the author, a guy called um, Stephen Anderson, um, explains how aesthetics affect things like our understanding of a user interface, the level of trust we have in a brand, and our ability to complete tasks. And it's a beautifully considered kind of um, argument that delves into the world of cognitive perception and has got some excellent uh, examples of how aesthetics alter our attitudes. And one of my favorite Is, you know, the the Sony dog, the robot dog they've made. Have you seen this? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, And it talks about how the decision that Sony made to make their robot a puppy and why they did that. And listen to this. It's It's really interesting. Very clever. Listen to this. Um, Here you have a robot device that isn't perfect. It won't understand most of what you say. It may or may not follow the commands. It does understand. And it doesn't really do that all that much. Right. So it's a crap robot. basically. (laughs) If this robot was an adult butler um, that responded to only half of your requests and frequently did some um, something others other than what you did ask it would consider it broken and useless. But as a puppy, we find its behavior cute. Puppies aren't known for following directions. Um, and when a, pu- a robot puppy does succeed, we're delighted. Look, it rolled over. What a great way to enter the robotics market. Mm. And it is genius. And that is all aesthetics, basically. You know, you dress this robot up in some kind of aesthetic and mm. and suddenly it sells because
2: you perceive it in a different way. Really it's clever. True. Yeah. One of my favourite quotes is... um Beauty is the greatest defence against complexity. Ooh. Because you can have something really complicated, but as long as it's pretty, then you can sort of you get away with being complicated. Yeah. Yeah, it's like looks complicated. Then you sort of are afraid of it. But mm. if it looks pretty, it's somehow accessible. Yeah, totally. It's a really well constructed.
1: I mean, you've really got to go and read this article rather than just relying on our summary. Um, however, because it's so poor. <laughs> <laughs> however, I have to say, for me, the article was summed up in the following. It said, according to a 2002 study. The appeal of the overall visual design of a site, including layout, typography, font size, and color scheme, is the number one factor we use to evaluate a website's credibility. And it really, just really, really interesting. Go and check the article out. I highly recommend it. And talking about really, really interesting things, this is such a poor sub- <laughs> segue, <segway, laughs> but never mind. Um, well, it's true. We've got an interview with Jim Coodle that we recorded at the Future of Web Design. It's the first of a string of um, uh, interviews we did at a Future of Web Design. And thank you so much to the guys at Car Sonified for letting us record those. Um, I have to say, mine, mm-hmm. This over the coming weeks, it could seem a little bit like propaganda for future web design. It's not. It was just a very convenient place. And we're hoping to do the same thing at other conferences coming up because you get all these cool people all in one place at one time. And you don't get much coo- cooler than Marcus's hero, <laughs> Jim Koodle.
4: Budwell.com.
1: So, joining me today is Jim Coodle. It's good to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you for Thank you. coming along. We're actually sitting here at uh, Future Web Design. Jim has just given his keynote presentation and I've also got Marcus here. Hello, Marcus.
0: Hello, Paul. Hello, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not normally in on the interviews. That's why it also feels a bit yeah. weird. Yeah, you're not used to this bit, no. are you, really? Oh, I'm not used to being at Future Web Design doing it either. He does no. the interviews over the phone, usually. But
1: Yeah, this is weird, face-to-face. <laughs> um, so, brilliant, brilliant presentation as always. Um, and I wanted to talk to you about some of the different um, issues relating to creativity because you seem to talk a lot on that. Okay. Uh, and obviously, at Coodle um, Partners, isn't it? Coodle yeah. Partners, yeah. You you have to deal with this kind of issue all the time and, and and working with creative people and how to encourage creativity, and you do some very interesting
3: stuff. Uh, I mean, first to say, I think part of the structure of Kudal Partners is uh, in response to a. Uh, earlier career, frustrated uh, right. with dealing with creative things. So really, at Kudo Partners, uh, everybody there is an artist or a writer. So we don't, there is no, you know, we're probably without business plan for 13 years. Yeah. We, you know, we re- there is no superstructure of account planning or any of that. Okay. Um, that's possible, uh, I think, because we're all responsible people, but it's also possible because we've made a concerted effort over the last five years to uh, reduce the amount of our revenue that comes from clients. Okay, so so um we our biggest clients now are companies we own. Right. So which is a um a blessing because we can do whatever the hell we want and a uh, curse because uh you know if things don't work out. Yeah. <laughs> you know you yeah. still got to make payroll. Either. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah totally. Um so yeah, I think that the you know we're all adults and we're all responsible people and we all have a variety of interests and um I'm reminded of a story. Uh, do you know Cable Sasser from Panic? Panic no, Software in Portland. They oh, yes, transmit yeah. and uh, yeah. coda and all yeah. that. Well, he posted... At that time, um, uh, Panic was just uh, Stephen and... Uh, cable and he posted a video on his site about because everybody said what's a typical day like at panic? Yeah. So he posted a video on the site and I think it was like twenty minutes of two guys with headphones on staring at their computer. (laughs) And then like about ten minutes into it, one of them gets up and goes to the washroom and then comes back and puts his headphones back on and stares at his computer. Right. Right. And so I watched the whole video and I wrote him right back and I said, Cable it's amazing it's exactly like that here. So everybody, everybody has this idea that, you know, you know, the rock and roll is blaring and, you know, that somebody's having a bong in the back or whatever. But it's very much a in individual efforts in a collective environment. So ah,
1: you know, so. See, it's very interesting because you've got a company full of creative people that are obviously coming up with lots of creative ideas. And uh, the question is, how do you monetize that? You know, you you're trying to move away from client work, and we all kind of understand how client work is a nice, neat model and a way of making money, mm-hmm. but. It- you know, you you guys are coming up with ideas all the time, and they're very broad ranging. Yes. So, how do you decide which ones of you know you can actually make money out of?
3: Um, I mean, the, the the purest answer to that is um, the ones that you're most excited about, mm-hmm. um, and try them all, and get ready to bail on the failures. You know, the one question that I always get whenever I speak. The first question I really get is, "What, what, they, Jim? What is your most spectacular failure?" Yeah, people always <laughs> say, and my answer is always the same: is that we're working on it right now (laughs) it's going to be a beauty Um, you know we um, ideas tend to take the path of least resistance Yeah, and frequently that path is being talked to death Yeah, it's very easy to have a good idea and then sleep on it and then the next day come up with a thousand reasons why you can't do it Mm -hmm. Uh, in this day and age where we have at Kudol we have the superstructure we can pretty much sell anything in the couple hours we have built our own e-commerce background for we own a brand called jewel boxing which sells custom dvd and cd packaging systems uh we own field notes which is a uh a series of memo book uh, a cool memo book designer sort of memo book and uh, various other things and so we can put an idea into play very quickly and um and just a little less quickly find out if it's going to work the key to the whole thing though is that um when we started this idea of creating products and services um, as opposed to um, doing work for hire, we sort of looked at the things we had. What, what were our assets, and what were you know what were the things that we had? And what we had was this site Kudal dot com, which generates a lot of tra- traffic. Mm-hmm. And the site is strange. It is not. It is a. Ma- it's sort of a daily magazine of web design intellectuals, I guess, for lack yeah. of a better term. And. Um, Many people don't get it at all. But a lot of people do. So we figured well, those people must be like us in some way. I mean, it's it's impossible to think that they are people who are unlike us, who are coming to the site and, A, understanding it, or B, coming back tomorrow. So these people must be like us. So if we make that leap of faith and we develop products that we want, Mm there's probably a lot of people like us out there Yeah, and we don't actually need 5% of the global notebook marg- market None. to make a lot of money Yeah, you know uh, so um, uh, and that goes the same goes with our ad network the DEC ad network which is tremendously successful uh, because it targets web design and creative professionals like us so mm-hmm. I think the idea is if you're true if you if, the question is how do you decide which ones you do Yeah, and my answer is it's the ones you're most excited about I think that the secret underneath that is, if you make something that you're excited about, somebody else is going to be excited. Yeah, so somebody like you will be excited about yeah, it yeah. as well. So, um, but not everything has to make money. A few things have to make money. You know, we have mortgages, we have tuitions to pay for our kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're not getting rich, but you know, we're pretty satisfied creatively, and uh, we have the freedom to do pretty much whatever we mm. want. You know, so. I mean, I think a lot of people that will be listening to this show that may be a creative um,
1: are kind of creative um within an organization that isn't creative and you talked about the frustrations you experience Mm -hmm. um you know they've kind of got to justify to management and all the rest of it that they need time to to play and to experiment Mm -hmm. and to try new things i mean how have you got any advice to those people about how they tackle that you know how they they kind of demonstrate the need to be creative if that makes sense.
3: Uh, this is I'm going to come off like a smart ass, but I think that the real <laughs> advice to somebody who's truly creative and in that situation is to quit. Right. Okay. I mean, I mean, you n- you're never going to succeed in that environment. You you may succeed but you're not going to be happy or fulfilled. Yeah. Now, but now outside of that, I realize that there is a wide range of things, um, and I and but I don't have any advice because I tried everything I could within a corporate structure. I was a creative director of a large ad agency, um, and it got to the point where we were doing work I wasn't proud of for people I didn't like, mm-hmm. and you know, no amount of money can make that feel better. Like None. you work for a month on a project and. Um, the revisions and the bullshit just steals your soul. Mm. And by the time you're done with it, you don't even want to show it to anybody. (laughs) Like there's no amount of money can make that feel better as a creative. So, so, you know, I think, you know, we all have to make our bargains, but, um, I'll, I'll say one other thing, Paul, is that I know a lot through this whole, we've talked about this moving from work for hire into a more, what Zeldman calls sort of a design entrepreneur sort of uh, Mm -hmm. piece. We've talked about it a lot in public, so we've got a lot of feedback, and I've spoken about it on a number of occasions. So I've met a lot of people who are sort of in the same place, and there are a lot of people who are in the same place, who are creative firms, what you're doing, other people, people, the guys at Threadless are good friends of mine, you know, like all these people who have taken their skills that they used to use on behalf of clients and put them to work their craft on behalf of themselves. Yeah. And every one of them. Without exception I will include you in this And I've never even Asked you this question (laughs) Every single one of them Says exactly the same thing About the process And they almost Always say it In exactly the same words Okay And what they say is I should have done this sooner Yeah Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. All right, so, so, so well, my uni- unanimity on this response continues with Paul, who yeah. agrees with the whole thing. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, that first leap is kind of difficult. I would say that if you don't have kids and you don't have a mortgage, you better get on it. Yeah. After you have kids and mortgage, oh, now you got to make other hard. decisions. Mm. But, you know, we did it when we had kids and mortgages. Yeah. So, so wait. Yeah. Uh, it was your chat with Brendan
0: Dawes at 2000, the 2007 South by.
3: Um, the short attention span yeah. theater. Was but you were it? talking yeah.
0: about uh, yeah. about the deck and various yeah. products and it was kind of, I was sat watching it, not with you, you were in another no. uh, another talk.
3: You the, were in another talk? I know. What it was it was the hell? But with I'm ashamed. That I'm was a funny day because remember that was like Twitter was just new. Yeah, it it was. Was. Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah. like people were Twittering that because Brendan Dawes is so just such a great speaker he's so funny yeah. and so they were twittering that uh, oh you gotta come and see Kudo and Dawes and so we encouraged that so we so were like so well, everybody well, tell people in the other rooms come <laughs> over here and we'll give them a book <laughs> yeah. and so people started that doing it, yeah. it and then people started coming in and I'm like oh my god I feel so bad for the people next door you know so it was really an interesting kind of a social <laughs> <lot> experiment, experiment. <laughs> I don't like a so live social reviews Yeah, <laughs> was, yeah. Anyway, was, go ahead
0: it was great I mean basically what it did is it, it, Chris and I another partner in our in our firm, we we basically walked out of that speech and said we're doing this wrong. We were kind of just thankful that, that clients wanted to work with us at that time, and more and more clients were working. But it was kind of like we we got this huge team of very creative, very talented people. Let's do something ourselves. And ever since that day, I mean, we haven't been as successful. Um, as successful in doing that as you have but I think you nailed the head Ooh, you put the nail hit
3: well it the takes head. time I mean we didn't just flip the switch I mm. mean you know we, we went from it, 75% client work 25 our own work and then mm. eventually we got to 50% I remember I remember that month when I was doing month end numbers and I mm. saw that on gross revenue we had made more money from our own mm. things than we had made from client teams for the first time I remember that it's being a significant tricky. moment yeah, yeah, yeah for definitely. us as well so you know um that's interesting. You yeah, know, Brandon's doing the same thing. Too, yeah, I know. So, I, I yeah. keep up with him yeah, on, on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: but it was the fact that you said you can do things quickly. Yes. And we're always, we get these great ideas and then it's like, well, that's going to take three months or that's going to take six We around a lot. And yeah. client work gets in the
3: way. and Yeah. We we share space in, in Chicago in a big loft space with 37 signals. Mm. Oh, and know. they are, and they are, they're rapid to the, to to a fault where their idea is if they have a good idea let's whack it together and put it out there and then you know Mm. let's launch the ship and then we can turn it once it's moving but we can't turn it if it's still up here in dry dock yeah you know so which is an interesting thought Mm. so you know know, and it's the thing is is when we've worked for clients the problem with exclusively client work is that you have to feed the beast Mm. so if you get good at it you're screwed because then you get more work, and yeah, then you've exactly got a bigger payroll and overhead. Yeah. So now you've got to take more work, and eventually you've got to maybe take a project that you might not take. Yeah, that we're screwed, yeah. Paul. Yeah, we are. We, we need keep hiring more people. It's turned we into a therapy session yeah. for us. Yes. I told you. And and how do you feel about food? that, Paul? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you of so the thing is the opposite is true. Is because the best thing that ever happened to us is that our client business went to hell through no far, par, part of our own. Right. Like right after September 11th, you know, a couple of clients mm-hmm. cut budgets and right. all of a sudden, you know, not, nothing will get your attention faster than oh, yeah. not having the money in the bank on Wednesday to make payroll on Friday, yeah. so... You know, so it's Which is often the way as well with this whole, you know,
1: you know, leave if you're somewhere where you're not happy and set up by yourself. Often you need that, that push. I mean, we worked for right. we right. yeah. .com and that went under and so it pushed us into right. doing something ourselves. I mean, that's interesting that when you when you left the big agency and you set up by yourself was it just you or did you set up with other people Uh, one other fella right and one account because that's a a lot of problem there are a lot of freelancers out there that are kind of working in isolation Um, and that's quite hard as well from a creative point of view to you know very difficult I mean where where do you look for inspiration you talked in your talk about looking to the past which I thought was very interesting but what kind of where do your ideas come from um, oh, that's a fair Yeah, question. that's a really <laughs> unfair question. There. I'm
3: sorry. Uh, I think they come from Dublin. No, I don't know. Um, uh, let me take the two parts of that one. Yeah, so the I'm first sorry, thing about working question. alone, um, we are not a distributed company. Unlike right. a lot of companies We actually We've tried some of it And been unsatisfied With the results We actually all get together We all get together In the same space And then don't talk To each other But there is Some advantage In adult conversation There is advantage In hey How about this There is Can you look at this And see what you think Or do you have a headline For that You know There's, mm. there's some advantage In sort of Serendipitous Conversation Yeah um, There's advantage In going to the tavern and having some beer and blue it? skying, you know. room B. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, conference room B. Uh, uh, conference room D, whatever okay. it is. Yeah, whatever, whichever conference room it is. Um, so I find it difficult. Now, I'm particularly good at working alone mm-hmm. as an individual. Right. But as a firm, maybe we're not so good at it. So, really. you know, I need help because I'm, like Brendan, I'm a great starter but not such a good finisher. Yeah, I understand. So same. I need yeah. people to sort of clean up after me and make things, make sure things get done. <laughs> I'm so so,
1: it's so uh, nice uh, to hear someone
3: else say that. Yeah, but See, I'm okay that. It's okay, okay that. that I'm like that, Marcus.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I'm kind of not far from it, to be no, honest, yeah. but it's yeah. Chris, the rest of the guys. Yeah, are.
1: so we've got a whole company set
3: that exists purely to pick up uh, our and rubbish. And they all <laughs> just roll their eyes. they like, oh, there's another idea yeah, from yeah, those yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, like that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is like we have this thing Maybe I talked about it in... Brendan talked this thing, the book. Mm -hmm. We've had this thing for a long time, which is this repository of unrequited love, of ideas that we never did. Right. Um, And then we're getting so good at it that we know immediately... When an idea is for the book, that doesn't stop us from blue skying about. it. Say, okay. Mm. In fact, sometimes we say, okay, here's one for the book. Meaning, yeah. we know immediately that you know everybody knows immediately. Yeah. We had this other. We used to have this thing. We haven't been doing this lately. We have this other thing. Is that when we're brainstorming about something, it helps if um, um, you. Uh, talk about potential taglines and headlines while you're brainstorming an idea, but you don't want to get the conversation caught up in the specifics of the headline or tagline that you're suggesting. Yeah. So we used to have this thing where if you keep your hand over your head when you're talking, it means... Like this, but not this. (laughs) Try that sometime in one of your creative meetings. I want this to be sort of, you know... Jim is holding his hand over his head. You know, (laughs) that sort of thing. So Ah. um, Collectively, ideas come from a variety of different interests, I think, and obsessions. I mean, it wouldn't be too difficult to go through the archives of all the links we've posted at Kudal and figure out that we, you know, you, you could build a Kudal robot pretty easily that is a Stanley Kubrick freak who is into Swiss design from the mid part of the century who is uh, a James Joyce and uh, a a um, uh, um, uh, 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 a Terrence Malick uh, f- uh, fan you know it'd be pretty yeah. easy to see Bob Dylan you'd be able to see the sort of influences in some places and um, I think to have a lot of different skill sets together like Steve at our office is a film primarily he writes some copy does a lot of things but primarily he's a shooter and an editor mm-hmm. uh, and a creative guy and I don't do either of those things yeah. And, you know and um uh uh brian is a print guy i mean everybody does everything at Kudo, but we have like a bunch of different skills yeah and so i guess that's it i don't yeah. know and no
1: that's good uh, that's
3: yeah probably didn't answer anything
1: well i think the trouble is with a question like that is that it's you know to some extent it's different for every person
3: you it's know different for every day yeah, yeah. well that too yeah. yeah
0: um so you know that's i thought you were going to go off into the uh into the equation of uh I don't know, maybe you covered that in the
3: talk. No. The, the, uh, what was that? The general theory of creative relativity. You yeah. don't, have enough, we don't have enough time for that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's move on. You could go Google it. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. actually that was the yeah. South Pike talk from last year, and that um, was a pseudo-scientific approach to sort of come up with an equation to solve all creative problems. Yeah. Um, and I, somebody said, what is the answer? And then somebody from the audience yelled 42. Well, obviously.
1: Let's just wrap up by talking about layer tennis, because right. you're, you're kind of were quite well known for layer tennis and just explain the basic principle for those that maybe haven't heard about it um
3: layer tennis started five six years ago as photoshop tennis and it started in our office where we were we just swapped a file back and forth continually adding um layers and type and images to it and it was sort of a collaborative dance and um We just had the idea that maybe people would like to watch it. So we put it online and we invited designers that we knew or even better designers that we admired but didn't know uh, to participate. Mm -hmm. And we had the brilliant, somebody had the idea to do it on Friday afternoons because no work gets done on Friday afternoons anyhow. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we did it for a couple of years. It was tremendously uh, popular. Uh, And then we left it. On the back burner, went on to other things, and um, in the meantime, we had been working with Adobe on a couple of things, and they were looking for an innovative way to promote their uh, CS3, uh, Creative Suite three, and. We said, well, we have this Photoshop Tennis thing. We could sort of restructure this in a way. Um, one of the big parts of CS3, the big, big step forward for CS3 for me as a user, uh, was the interoperability of the apps. It was the yeah. bringing together the macromedia applications as well as the original Adobe applications in one place in which you could really move a file back and forth from Vector to Photoshop yeah. to Flash, whatever. Um, and so we proposed that we relaunch it as Layer Tennis to... Um, not only that, I didn't want to have somebody else's trademark in my trademark, so yeah. uh, relaunched it as Layer Tennis. And now I think we're in the tenth week of the second season. Right? Uh, we've had some tremendously talented designers from all over the world, and basically, what happens is uh, there are ten layers. Uh, somebody serves by serving up an image and or image and type and or illustration, whatever, or a flash animation, whatever it is. Yeah. And the other designer takes the original source file and. Revises it in some way, either yep. adds to it or changes it, and then uh, he sends it back to the original. Guy and they trade the file back and forth over about three hours, and each of their volleys gets posted live to the web. Mm. In addition, we invite a third person, frequently a blogger or writer or smartass, to write play-by-play. Yeah, <laughs> that's the bit I like. <laughs> <laughs> to write play-by-play commentary, yeah. and uh, quite frankly, that's the hardest job. Yeah, on any Friday, yeah. uh, to write play-by-play commentary, and then everybody watches. And and Twitter's about it, and um, votes who, they're wi- who they think the winner is. And you know, we're doing 40,000 people every Friday are tuning in to watch next wow, really live, nice. which is like, if you think of it, that's like a full football stadium. Yeah. You know, so um, so we'll do. We have a couple more weeks of the regular season, and then we have uh, we're going to do some playoffs, and hopefully there'll be layers tennis season three next year. So, Excellent. Um, it, it is interesting because we've tried to get out of the client business, right? And yep. now we've got this sponsored. Web event, which is sponsored by ah yeah, by yeah. Adobe, a client. Mm. But I think the difference is, is that it's on our terms, um, yeah. and and they and that's through Goodby in San Francisco, and they couldn't have been greater. They're great supporters of it, and they. Take great ownership in it. So, and the other way, the other thing about it is that you know it was something it's relevant. If you to, yeah. did it anyway. You right. know, it was an idea you exactly. had previously exactly. that you
1: then found somebody to help fund it and sponsor it and make it bigger and better.
3: Right? Yeah, and we, it's relevant to the product. Like it, you know, I'm not sure that Budweiser Layer Tennis would have the same <laughs> no, relevant. No, of course it might be, afternoon. might be. a little flappier. <laughs> yeah, but 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 you know, so I think we are It was kind of a lucky, you know. I mean. We're pretty smart about things, but that was kind of a lucky uh, break for both of us. I think yeah. that you know Adobe gets a lot of valuable exposure out of it that is not seen as, quote-unquote, advertising-y. Mm-hmm. You know, Layer Tennis exists on our site. It's yeah. not on the Adobe site. It is seen as an independent, uh, which it is. Very in, Like you said, it existed before the sponsorship and will exist after it, mm-hmm. and it was seen as an independent thing for the good of creativity on the web that Adobe is a good citizen for sponsoring. And, um, you know, that's a nice thing. I mean, maybe that's the future. Mm. You know, that sort of... which is actually Collaborative good. relationship. Yeah. And that's actually looking to the past as well. Because think about the beginnings of television. Well, at least in the United States, the beginnings of television where mm-hmm. a single company would sponsor a single hour drama. That yeah. would be the Hallmark Hall of Fame. Yeah. Where here we'd have this lovely drama brought to you by Hallmark and they're all about emotions and drama about emotions you know and and then somehow we got to the point now we have an hour where we have uh, 22 minutes of 30 second commercials you know what I mean yeah yeah. there's you know so I don't it comes down
0: to the fact that the content's got to be good and it's something that people want and if it is good then you're going to get sponsored it's like sports isn't it uh, yes, yeah, you know, it is. It is, a sp-
3: it is a sport. I mean, in a it's way. T- yeah. <laughs> I mean, the lower tennis t- thing is attractive, I think, because we do compete as designers all the time. Like, my firm will compete with your firm for a piece of business, but we never compete head-to-head. No. And never, ever, ever compete head-to-head in public. No. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nerve-wracking. The designer's like, oh, yeah, I'll play. And then they get, they get you know, it's, yeah. it's like, oh, my God, you yeah. know, 50 minutes, you know. <laughs> yeah. And the poor writer, like the designer at least, volleys and then gets to breathe for 50 minutes while the other guy has the file, whereas the commentators just gotta be funny all the time you know or try Which to be is. I just did for the first time ever I did commentary myself ah, two weeks ago showing up that you you've got something and all, all the other before. commentators <laughs> were writing me like ah oh, now you'll see asshole you know, you're, you're, you know um, but I bailed out I'm such a terrible typist I did it uh, I did audio so, uh, well, that's I just, all right. yeah I, I just talked well, about uh, it right, and right, then right. you know I got nervous that I wasn't doing well enough so I called my friend John Gruber and brought him into the booth so I, so, so everybody got mad at me because I didn't do it the you way I was supposed us. I did <laughs> and I have that hey, it's your since game. I'm the commissioner, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the Royal and Ancient Society of uh, Layer Tennis.
1: So, what do you think people are getting out of it? Is you know, as they they watch Layer Tennis, is it just to waste a Friday afternoon? Yes. Or Do you think there's a? Oh, yes. oh, I was going to. Yeah, I was expecting some profound no. answer about the value. I mean, of I it. think it's
3: interesting, and I think it's entertaining, and I think people like to see designers they know and with talent compete in an yeah. interesting situation. But it's the almost perfect sport for procrastination. Right. <laughs> because nothing <laughs> happens for fifteen minutes, and then something happens. Right. So you just leave it open in a tab, and you can do your work, and then bounce over to see it. And uh, is there not the kind of mo- v- moment? Sorry, Jim, to interrupt. I'm no, sure. kind of like.
0: Uh, I, I would never have thought of doing that. Yes. And then you take that away to yes. something you're working on. So, yeah, yeah. Let's pretend. Yeah, pretend there's value in it. I can see
3: because you do so much client work, you're getting good at rationalizing things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is why we did this, end, yeah, this is why it's going to cost you. This is my idea, why? and this is why yeah. it is great. It's yeah. the Python skin about, you know, I want you to help me sell all of this string that I've got left <laughs> over. Oh, great string. Good for tying everything up. Perfect for. Um, um, Go putting around your backyard. He goes. Yes, <laughs> the problem is that the string is all cut into six-inch lengths. Goes, Just the right length. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great, um, Jim. Thank you very much for that.
1: Um, where fun. can people find out more about you and about Layer Tennis? Cudal
3: uh, dot like com. C o u d a l dot com. Pretty much has links to everything. Layer Tennis com is where that is. And uh, I'll make a pitch for our products. Uh, go to FieldNotesBrand.com Brand com mm-hmm. and buy some notebooks and um, add a note that says you heard it on this podcast and we'll throw something extra in the package excellent good stuff thank, thank you very much Jim you're welcome cheers
0: right then um, follow that I guess yeah um, have you followed Jim Coodle? yeah we sort of put him at the end but never mind okay listener feedback we this week we have a question from I believe I pronounced this Estin Estin Easton. that sounds very um, kind
1: of East Soviet European. Union yeah well not that there is a Soviet Union anymore and I've probably just
0: really offended him wasn't I said Eastern European. Yeah, that would have been much more politically mm. correct. Yeah, well, I'm not going to edit it. So, hey, hate so mail coming one. your way. To Maybe end. you will get that stalker you were after earlier. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a stalker with a gun or a sickle. Oh, no, that's... Stop now. I'm making <laughs> it worse. <laughs> yeah. Dig the hole.
1: Right, let me read the question. Uh, <clears throat> I've been in the print industry for nine years now. I'm finally making the jump to web design with a friend of mine. What I'd like to know before getting our first client would be what questions should we ask the client about what his or her requirements are, as the client might take some stuff for granted um, or wouldn't have thought of some things. And what que- you can't start a sentence with "and"? Yeah, you can. Can you? you just so. I
0: don't like
1: it. it you might not. Wrong. It's more modern to start. Is it, it modern with "and" and things like that? And what questions are we likely to receive um, off our clients? You can't say that either. Yeah, well, I didn't write this bit, okay? <sighs> I suppose he is uh, from <laughs> the Soviet Union. So. <laughs> no one is going to be able to understand this question now, Paul. <laughs> oh, It's oh, fine. Dear. It's fine. Um, to be able to have a questionnaire at hand to refer to and to go back uh, to if the client changes his <laughs> or <to> her mind. <laughs> and I just made a complete hash of that. Uh, Basically, he's
0: asking... Um, What questions should you be asking clients? And what questions might you be asked as well? Yes. Mm -hmm. So, Paul said, can you answer that, Marcus? So, I made a load of stuff up, and here it is. Um, (laughs) It's just (laughs) grinning now, shaking Uh, its head. uh, Yeah, I just despair. Uh, One of the most important areas to consider when you're first discussing requirements um, is user focus. Um, does the client think in this way, or are they looking for a site that meets internal expectations for design and content? This is very common. Um, so you need to ask, who are the target audiences? It's all fairly obvious stuff. But it, I guess what I'm get, trying to get to here is that you need – quite a lot of clients need to be educated, maybe a bit strong, but sort of pointed towards thinking of their users first. Yeah. Um, And also, so when you ask someone who their target audiences are, everyone is an unacceptable answer, which you quite often get.
1: Yeah, they dress it up. They go,
0: oh, well, males over 50 and um, uh, women...
1: Under 50, oh, and, and men under 50, oh, and women over 50. Yeah.
0: You know, so they, they segment it, but basically they're saying everybody. And even if they do, but if, they, if you are getting everybody, just get them to prioritise. These are, are this is the most important group, followed yeah. by blah, 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 blah. Um, you need to talk about the expectations between you and them, between client and agency. You want, again, you want them to be thinking more from the user's point of view. You don't want them to be commenting on things like, I don't like the red, uh, or the pink or the blue or whatever, you're looking for, I don't think the red works for our users because. Yeah, it's the old, the old yeah.
1: problems versus solutions thing that we've talked
0: about loads of times. Exactly. You're just regurgitating my yeah, content, yeah, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> this guy wants a list of stuff, and this was the first thing I wanted to talk fine. about, which was user fine. focus. I'm sure you'll oh, move right. on to more original stuff. <laughs> Unlikely. <laughs> there you, go. Uh, you need to stress that it's their responsibility to highlight issues yeah. and yours to solve them. Mm-hmm. Basically. To summarise that. Yeah, what I just said. Um when <laughs> I I have <laughs> got an off button for you here Paul, <laughs> which I may well just turn off. be this I'll sort just of shout, voice in a showy voice I'll background. just shout louder. It's fine. <laughs> so um, also, when, say, you're reviewing uh, information architecture, ensure that content is grouped for users and not based on internal structures. Obvious stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that labeling is clear and descriptive. You don't want marketing speak for your main uh, you know, main sections, or you don't want certainly don't want departments, mm-hmm. uh, which is quite a common thing still. Uh, this will underline the importance of the role of the user to the client and hopefully start them thinking in a way uh, that will help you deliver a more usable site with fewer hiccups during the build. Mm-hmm. Next point: uh, goals. It's important to get to the bottom of why a client has a website in the first place. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, and they want <laughs> Excellent it. Question. Uh, yes, exactly. Yes, but
1: it's amazing do how many do people do. haven't
0: thought about it. It's yeah. True. Why do you have a website? There you go. Question number one. I've done these around the wrong way, obviously. Yeah. Um, and what? But what? What do you want it to do for you? Mm-hmm. Is what I guess what I'm getting here. Uh, what are their business goals? Because you've got users. You've got user. There is a user focus. Obviously, you need to have a site that delivers to your users, but you also need it to do something for you as an organization or as a business. Yeah. You want to be careful with that question because, you know, you don't want to talk them out
2: of having a website. So you need maybe <laughs> suggest some suggest ideas on why they might uh, want to. Watch I, it. W- I would disagree
1: with you. Yeah, I would, totally. prefer, I would prefer to talk them out of a website yeah. than, because
0: otherwise it'll just turn into a nightmare yeah. project. You, end up, doing, you really? end up rebuilding something over and over, over again because they actually don't need websites. Yeah. So you end up losing money, potentially. But uh, I do understand what you mean. But yeah, suggest something to them, maybe. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but anyway, so um, for example, uh, the, uh, business goals. Uh, are they looking to in- increase sales by the site? It's a common one. Uh, the goal may simply be, we want more sales leads through the website. Uh, but more, le- more leads doesn't necessarily mean more sales. The quality of the lead is likely to be the most important thing here. Uh, the design of the site should not simply encourage more leads. It should help to encourage more high-quality leads. Yeah. We've uh, talked about that before, I think. Oh, I think I've talked about that before, actually. We have, yes. Well, we had, we had an <laughs> interesting... No, we, we have talked about it before, Paul. Okay. Uh, we had a, a client that basically... Well, we had the marketing department wanted more leads. Yeah, that's all they cared about. All, and, of course, the sales department were... Well, yeah, okay, more leads, great. But actually what they ended up with was a lot Load more of crap. rubbish. Yeah, uh, So you need to get to the bottom of these kind of things. Next thing I've uh, got here is talk about measurement, uh, success criteria, that kind of thing. Yeah. So when you have a good understanding of the client's business objective objectives, it's then a good idea to agree w- what's the best way to measure them you are not necessarily putting personal guarantees next to some of these things because some of them won't be that easily measurable but you just need to kind of talk about them and set particular priorities uh, that the measurements are always a, a dangerous one
1: yes you definitely need to do them but uh, you you kind of also need to say look the the trouble with measurements is they can end up in a blame game
4: mm. um
1: so you kind of have to avoid that it's just a it's just a, you know, a line in the sand, isn't it? Basically, it's something to aim for mm. um, rather than, you know, we, we're not going to pay you if you don't achieve this X improvement. Oh, yeah. Never go there.
0: Never, ever no. go
1: there. Because there's just... always outside factors. Yeah. You're always reliant either on the client or, you know, marketing campaigns
0: or whatever else. There's always something that will affect that figure. But there's it is a good question to ask. Oh, yeah. What totally. Do, what do you want? How... How do you want to improve sales leads? For example, that's what we're talking about. Can we can we agree uh, a particular figure that we would like to reach here? Yeah, and that's that's really what I'm talking about. Yeah, moving on. Um, It's very rare that uh, an agency is asked to build a brand new site. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's not true. I'm making. um, I'm I'm making. I'm summarising based on what we we have. But it's, it's very rare that we're asked to build a brand new site. So what that means is effectively you've got uh, previous versions of, of websites, usually multiple versions, that yeah. are gold mines of information. Yeah. So you need to ask the client uh, to list what works on their current site and why. Uh, and it's possible, for example, uh, something that's that's popular is actually distracting users from achieving particular call to action. Yeah. It might be that something that, oh, everyone loves going to this area of the site and that area of the site doesn't. Doesn't help them achieve their business goals at all. So you need to analyse these things. Uh, you need to ask the client what their top three issues are. Well, it could be top 10 issues, but three is usually quite easy to get people's head around because what you want them to do is prioritise again.
1: For its top 10, you could then publish it on Smashing Magazine. This is true. Or just <laughs> hand it to you, Paul. <laughs>
0: um, uh, finally, on that one, um, ask them what the most important content is on the site and um, prioritise it again. Yeah. Just gets people to think about what they've got and maybe some things that they can just get rid of. Mm-hmm. Uh, this information information needs to be checked against user requirements and business goals. So anyway, back to questions. Um, other sites, mm-hmm. even, even though I've said that the client needs to focus on what their users want from their site, it's also important to cover competitor sites and sites that they admire.
1: And I, I mean, this is good if if there isn't a legacy site. You mm. know, if it's a startup or whatever.
0: Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm, I've, I've written here that people have to live with their site, which is true. And we, we've just been talking about aesthetics earlier. Yeah. So I guess if you've got a site that you like, that fits with fits with your brand, then you're more likely to, I guess, keep it up to date and things yeah. like that. Um, when you're reviewing competitor sites, try to focus on areas that differentiate each site, each website, or each company. Uh, are there any common issues? Um, one we've been looking at recently... Um, there was a, a kind of an avoidance of plain English amongst all these different. <laughs> That's very politely put. Um, uh, amongst all these different competitor websites, and it was kind of we have to differentiate. Well, we uh, should should the, the our client differentiate from this non use of plain English, or could it differentiate itself by using plain image plain English? Yeah, they, they, it's just an example of. Uh, when you're reviewing your competitors whether you want to sort of go out on a limb and try and differentiate or whether you should actually you'd hurt yourself by doing that
1: yeah it's fine you? you give contradictory mm. advice over that sometimes because mm. in that case I said look all your competitors are talking marketing bullshit <laughs> yeah um, and that you ought to come in and speak plain English but on other times i said with information architecture and particularly look if if everybody in the sector are using you know so and so a top level section mm. Then users are going to look for that and expect that. And so
0: you should give that. So it, it kind of depends on context. That's exactly. a tricky one. Yeah. But it's, again, something that you kind of should look at. Yeah, definitely. Um, next, talking about differentiators. Yeah, I've got unique selling points as Indeed. my next heading. Uh, make sure that you have a good understanding of why people, and I've got buy with uh, apostrophes next to it, buy from the client. That could be. What, it's calls to action. Yeah. Why do people do stuff yeah. on this particular website? What makes them different? Uh, also make sure that you're aware of any strategic goals and possible changes in direction that may be coming up in the future.
1: Yes, often you often get thrown a curveball halfway through a project where they suddenly come up yes. with, oh, we're just rebranding. <laughs> That's the classic one. Yes, yeah.
0: we, we want you to build a new website, but we'll be rebranding in two months' time. So yeah. Why don't you just wait? Um, but anyway, that does happen. Anyway, moving on. General areas that you need to cover on top of all this could be um, branding corporate identity what if any are there uh, what if any other constraints mm-hmm. there technical technological constraints you need to talk about hosting uh, any existing legacy systems that you need to you may need to integrate with yeah uh, you need to discuss uh, assets like content imagery who's going to be producing content that kind of thing obviously you need to talk about time scales milestones and project management boring stuff i know but it does need to be covered and people need to understand clients particularly need to understand what is expected of them and when I why, why do we always say project management's boring because it is it is really isn't <laughs> it? <laughs>
1: no i'm sure there's a satisfaction in making a project run smoothly oh, yes i'm sure there is and the absence of project management has a, a profoundly bad effect on on projects
0: I'm defending project managers. I'm not saying it's, it's not a necessary
1: thing. You would be making Charlie cry if he could hear you now. Oh, Charlie again.
3: <laughs> Charlie, no, but Charlie, I'm defending Charlie. Charlie. I'm Charlie sticking doesn't up cry. for him.
1: No, he doesn't. He's does not he? a crying
0: sort. No. He's um, the Chuck Norris of web design. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, moving on. Another thing you need to talk about, and I could go on about this for a long time, is contracts. Make sure you've got a contract. Now, that's boring. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of relates to timescales, milestones, that kind of thing. Yeah. But you need to talk about, well, you need to make sure you've got one in place. And then when you've got one in place, you need to discuss it. So you need to yeah. talk about you know, payment terms and all that kind of boring yeah. stuff um support uh clients are very keen on knowing how they're going to be supported so you need to discuss it you need to ask them what their expectations are in that particular area indeed okay finally cars this was part of the question what kind of questions are you likely to be asked uh, most client concerns will focus on your reliability. Yeah. Uh, have you done this type of work before? Was it successful? Did you deliver on time and on budget? Those yeah. kind of questions. Now, obviously, if you just kind of stepped into this arena, then I, I guess you just need to talk about previous print work that you did yeah. and delivered on time and on budget. Um, there's a mutual trust issue at the start of any client-contractor relationship. Uh, both sides are usually a little bit cagey with each other. Uh, We found that the most effective method of calming any client fears is to actively encourage them to speak to existing clients. Mm. Uh, If you're really brave, let them look through your portfolio and let them select the clients. Yeah. It is tricky though, because what you tend to find is people I've done this and I often say I'll offer it and people go, okay, well we'd like to speak to client X or client Y and actually the the, your contact at client x or client y is no longer there yeah so Mm -hmm. it can be or hate us or or hate us that doesn't that doesn't happen ever no um so i don't know if that really was a useful checklist of questions but it it wasn't so much a checklist
1: as a ramble but it it was a good ramble yeah there's stuff to cover Mm. yes thank you very much for that now dave i know you haven't in kind of been on the show through the whole way um, but I'm sure you've listened to it, so you know the horror that is coming. But the difference is compared to normal, right? Uh, normally, you can you're just very passive, and you're not sitting in front of markers, so you don't feel the need to laugh at the joke. He has an expectation that you laugh at this point. So ju- I'm just warning you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether that's (laughs) been picked up by the mic, but that's comedy iPhone fart. (laughs) So, So just to warn you, this is coming right, Marcus.
0: Share us your wonderful joke, Uh, if you remember. Uh, A few weeks back, somebody sent me just like millions of jokes. Oh, yes. And I went back in there um, and randomly picked them like so. No doubt I'll say this one again in 12 months' time. Probably. You really need some kind of system. You don't believe in systems, do you? I don't, and certainly not when it comes to jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, so doctor and patient joke. Okay. Doctor, I have some bad news and some very bad news. Patient, well, might as well give me the bad news first. The lab called with your test results. They've said you have twenty four hours to live. Twenty four hours? That's terrible. What could be worse? What's the very bad news? Uh, I've been trying to reach you since yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So That's just quite the,
1: good. Is it just the one? He said it's quite good. Quite good. Isn't that, that my praise? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy now no you're going to get one, for Oh, thank the goodness sake. for that okay thank you very much for listening to this week's show this has been show 126 show notes are available at bowagworld.com 165 where did 126 26 come from <laughs> show notes are available at bowagworld.com forward slash podcast forward slash 165 thank you very much for listening um, and we will talk to you again next week
2: Hello world of GoAn. It's like being on David Letterman.
1: visit boadworld.com forward slash contact, call 020 8133 5122 or join our forum at boadworld.com forward slash forum.